Welcome to Peak Tales, a conversation about chromatography. Now here's your host, John. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you're listening from. This is John, and you are, of course, listening to the Peak Tales podcast. You know, we have seen a real uptick in the downloads of this podcast. Uh, people just uh, taking this information and applying it in their day-to-day work. That's great. Uh, we want to help you out and uh, we are providing very special promo code. You'll need to listen to the end of today's message as um, we'll give out that promo code at that point. So listen on. Here we go. Hey everybody, this is John here. Welcome back to the Peak Tales Podcast. Today, we have one of our biocolumn field application scientists. His name is Paul Dinsmore. Uh, this is the first time he's been on our podcast, and he's going to talk to us today about PrEP HPLC, and most specifically the applications and columns uh, that Agilent has to offer for bio HPLC PrEP. Hi, Paul. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks, John. I look forward to the talk today. Yeah, why don't you just uh, tell our audience a little bit about yourself before we jump in uh, to the real tough questions I've got for you today. Sure. So I have um, approximately 30 years of uh, biochromatography experience. So I've done uh, 15 years in industry in biotech biopharma, uh, focusing on uh, proteins, antibodies, oligos, and then I spent uh, the last 15 years as a field application engineer at uh, Polymer Labs, Varian and Agilent. That's great. Yeah, no, we're glad to have you on board. I know you came over with that acquisition, and uh, it's um, it has been great working with you out in the field for a few years, and, uh, and now uh, here we are uh, remotely <laughs> via podcast, but uh, that's great. We've, we've got a lot of information I know that you want to share today. Let's, let's just start with what are some of the typical bio-HPLC prep applications that you see out in the field? Sure. So uh, I would say purification of peptides and oligos are going to be the, the most common applications that I see. Um, specifically in regards to oligos, these are typically smaller 20 to 30 more, uh, 30 more uh, therapeutic oligos, such as siRNA, miRNA, or um, antisense nucleotides. And there's also been more of a demand for diagnostic oligos, such as those used as primers and probes in the, the COVID PCR t- uh, test kits. Mm, why is the analysis and purification important? Um, well, if we use oligos as an example, um, oligosynthesis is going to involve a large number of, of interactions, which can lead to accumulation of impurities. So you can get, um, let's say, incomplete coupling, capping during the synthesis that can lead to incorrect sequences, uh, deletions or omissions uh, or impurities uh, related to the starting materials or the, the post-synthesis processing. So. Analytically, you need to understand the impurity profile to be sure that drugs are safe uh, and in regards to effic- uh, efficacy that um, that's not affected. Um, 
And then uh, you also need to be able to remove these impurities after the synthesis and scale up to make, uh, make it available in larger quantities. So what do scientists have uh, that they can look at uh, from Agilent uh, in regards to biocolumn prep? Yeah, so we have a lot to offer. We have uh, high-pressure polymeric and silica-based prep columns. Uh, I specifically like, I think PLRPS is a nice option. These are polymeric polystyrene divinyl benzene columns, which are stable at high temperatures, so up to 200 degrees Celsius, uh, wide pH range from 1 to 14. Um, they're going to offer long lifetimes in these conditions and are available in a number of a different pore sizes, and typically for 100 angstrom, we might use that for oligos up to 35 base pairs, let's say, but you could use them up to 70 base pairs. Um, and then these columns also are going to be available, these PLRPS columns, going to be available in pre-packed columns up to 100 millimeter ID as standard part numbers, and they're also available uh, as bulk media. Um, should also mention, too, that in addition to PLRPS, we also have a lot of uh, ion exchange options, and um, the strong ion exchange is going to often be used for oligos. And we have those available up to 100 millimeter ID, as well as silica-based uh, reverse phase and SEC uh, up to uh, 21.2 and 50 millimeter ID uh, as standard part numbers. Yeah, now I know there's some questions that you get frequently. We were talking a little before we hit record here today. Uh, this is one of those questions. How does PrEP HPLC differ from other types of PrEP chromatography, such as FPLC? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I, I get this a lot. Uh, FPLC is typically done on lower-pressure chromatography systems using lower-pressure, let's say, agarose-based soft gel media, um, which may have uh, operating pressures as low as one bar and, and maximum pressures up to five bar. So at Agilent, we, we only provide the higher pressure HPLC, um, polystyrene divinyl benzene, as well as silica-based particles and particle columns in, in media. And these are smaller, these are going to be smaller particle size um, columns in media, which can provide improved resolution. However, it's important to note that they will need to be run on HPLC systems capable of running at, at higher pressures, so not FPLCs. Okay, great. Yeah, so why should customers consider Agilent for bio-HPLC? Yeah, so um, we're one of the leading manufacturers of polymeric particles. Uh, often, the, those are often used in bioprep, as we had just discussed. Um, so we've been manufacturing um, process-scale HPLC media um, for over 20 years, and we manufacture over 400 metric tons of polymeric particles a year. So... Um, also think it's important to note that we offer a complete workflow, which, you know, includes a nice suite of newer HPLC prep instruments uh, as well. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that, you know, and that's one of the important things with this podcast. You know, often we talk a lot about applications uh, and specifically about different chemistries, but uh, everyone knows, you know, at the end of the at the end of the day, Agilent is also the premier manufacturer of analytical instrumentation <laughs> and instruments. So uh, it is really the end to end complete workflow. And I'm glad you pointed that out. Now, what are some of the resources that we have available if people want to learn some more about BioHPLC? Yeah, sure. So we have 
Um, biomolecule purification brochures. It includes um, information about our products and applications, um, our biocolum catalog, as well as a couple application notes that um, specifically are regarding um, how to do scale up uh, calculations for, for peptides uh, that are nice. And um, as well as we have some, some nice pre recorded biocolumn prep seminars on our advanced bio webinar series, as well as a prep, um, a prep HPLC primer um, available. So um, I will note that that one is a little bit more focused on small molecule applications, but it still has some good examples in there. And all these are going to be available online at Agilent.com. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you can find this on um, Agilent.com. You can reach out to your chemistry and supplies specialist. Um, yeah. And we can get you the information. Uh, also, the show notes we can have uh, there, the actual what we call pub numbers of the uh, brochures and catalogs and app notes that Paul just mentioned. So we have a little more time. And uh, I wanted to maybe uh, ask you, Paul, to touch on anything else that um, folks should be keeping in mind when they're thinking about scaling up. Uh, yeah, thanks for asking me that question. So I would say there's probably three main points. So first, uh, we're going to always recommend working with an analytical column first to evaluate your performance and loading prior to scale up. So the more work that goes into evaluating the analytical column up front for loading resolution and performance uh, most often pays off once you're going to be ready to scale up. Uh, and we do offer many analytical, what we call prep evaluation columns in the same particle size length and chemistry as our prep columns to, to aid in this uh, assessment. Uh, two, I would say uh, customers sometimes ask us for loading specs and we can do that, but we're only going to be able to provide rough estimates. So since loading can vary um, widely depending on the complexity of the separation and how much resolution is going to be needed by, uh, you know, by you. So just as an example, if you're looking at a 21.2 millimeter ID reverse phase column, you might be able to load as much as on the high end, 400 milligrams for an easy bio column separation. However, on that same column, if you're doing a difficult biomolecule separation, you may only be able to get 20 milligrams. Um, three, I would say it's important to make sure you're using the correct flow rates. And this is something uh, that's sometimes overlooked for biomolecules. The biomolecules, of course, they'd be larger than smaller molecules. Therefore, they're going to be, uh, they're going to diffuse slower than small molecules. So when using larger 5 micron or 8 micron particle size prep columns for biomolecule applications, we would recommend using the appropriate flow rates for optimal efficiency for biomolecule prep. And often these are, you know, typically linear velocities of 360 centimeters an hour or less. Um, and then finally, also be sure you're using the correct size capillaries and that you have your system uh, configured properly for, for prep. Yeah, Paul, thank you. That There's a lot to remember there. And, and I just want to let our audience know that, uh, you know, Paul is part of a team of field application scientists, and um, they can come out to your site and work with you and help you uh, troubleshoot or help you get started in this or continue on the work that you're already doing. Um, you can contact them by talking with your chemistries and supply specialist, and they can determine if that is the next best step and the next best route. Uh, but 
Paul, I do want to thank you for uh, coming on the show here today and and touching on this. I mean, this is kind of an overview. It is a very deep topic, I understand, and we can't cover it all in uh, in 12 minutes. Uh, but uh, I do appreciate the introduction. And uh, we really hope to have you back on the podcast sometime soon, Paul. Thanks for joining us. Thanks very much, John. Hey, that was a great discussion, and I just want to make sure that I give you the promo code so that you can take advantage of a special offer that we have for you, the podcast listeners. The promo code is 15991599. It is available in North America only, and uh, there are some limitations, so uh, please uh, check that out online. Uh, when you go to place your order with us online or if you're talking to one of our representatives. Uh, so again, promo code is 1599. Thank you so much for listening. You know what? There's one more thing you can do for us. Uh, you can go out and tell your friends about the Peak Tales podcast. You could forward them this episode and other episodes as well. You can send them over to Peak tales.libsyn.com and there they can subscribe uh, this way they'll never miss an episode of the peak tales podcast thank you so much for your time today and we look forward uh, to coming uh, to your podcast app real soon with another great episode bye for now thanks for listening to this episode of peak tales for more information on what was discussed today, contact your local Agilent representative or go online to Agilent.com.